Screw it, screw it, we're just gonna talk about Spider-Man. Hey, and welcome to Screw It, we're just gonna talk about Spider-Man. I'm one of your two co-hosts, and my name is Will Hines. I'm the other co-host on the other side of a microphone, and my name is Kevin Hines. And uh, this is the podcast where we talk about Spider-Man, and specifically, we talk about the original comic books that were done by the original creative team of artist Steve Ditko and editor slash writer Stan Lee. And, uh, you know, we do an episode per issue, and there's like 40 or so. We're up to issue number 26, The Man in the Crime Master's Mask. Yeah, we've we've done a few other side things, but for the most part, uh, we've been doing one issue, a podcast, and uh, it's been great. It's been great reliving these for ourselves. Uh, it's been perfect. It's been perfect. The podcast has been perfect, but it's been fun and great for me to reread these comics, uh, having another excuse to reread them for the umpteenth time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one, one of the reasons we're doing it is if you are a Spider-Man fan, if you're a comic book nerd and you've never sort of dug up the original uh, Steve Ditko issues, it's a treat. And uh, we think you'd really like it. This is where the whole character and that and almost all of his main villains were like mapped out. And it's fun to see them. Yeah. A lot of people listening to this podcast are rereading the issues. A lot of them are reading them for the first time along with us. Um, it seems like people are enjoying us as sort of a commentary to encourage them to keep reading these comics. So we are doing good and we are good. We are making the world a better place through Spider-Man comics. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to do the man of the crime masters mask. This is the first of a two part story, right? Yeah. This ends on a big time cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, Kev, what'd you think of this issue overall? I liked most, I liked it mostly. I find yeah. the crime master sort of underwhelming mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. He is, exceptionally successful at what he's trying to do. I don't understand how <laughs> Me either. he accomplishes things that no other villain has accomplished in this comic easily. Yeah. Actually, other villains have done it too, I think. This is sort of, he's... I mean, he defeats Spider-Man in this issue. Oh, I forgot about that. With a smoke bomb he, he's, and he's, nothing else? That's true. I forgot about the Spider-Man fight. But he, he's like, his whole thing is like, you know, crime master. He wants to like run all the gangs. Yeah, the gangs are, in New York, are ready to... Ready to be up behind anyone who strong arms. Them. There's a real lack of leadership in the in the Marvel New York crime world. Yeah. I guess this is this is before uh, the kingpin is created, right? Yeah, and the kingpin. the kingpin does become like the boss of all the the crime mobs, kind of in Marvel in perpetuity, right? Did yeah, I say that I mean, word right? He loses it once in a while, but for the most part, kingpin. Once a kingpin shows yeah, up, he's the de facto yeah kingpin. I mean, it's his name. It's a helpful. It's really great when your name's right on the nose. Yeah, but uh, everyone's trying to do it, and these guys <laughs> resist for like a panel or two, and then and they, they basically fall in line because they're terrified constantly. Yeah. They're just waiting for somebody in a mask to tell them what to do. I don't know what it says about Stan Lee or Steve Ditko, but they're like, there's always a room full of people waiting for orders. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is this is this is um, a crime master, crime syndicate sort of boss dude, and. Um, so what do we what do we start talking about the cover? The cover. Okay. Uh, this is uh, July nineteen sixty five cover date. Exciting. Uh, what do you think of the cover, Will? I think it's good. I, I like it. It's it's simple and bold. Um, I'm surprised the cover, the Green Goblin's on the cover, and his name is not on the cover. I'm surprised it's not calling attention to the fact the Green Goblin is there. Yeah, I guess the Green Goblin still isn't the premier Spidey villain that he will soon be. But this is his, like, third or fourth appearance? 
Yeah, not counting the annual. We've got his debut, and then he came back. Well, he wasn't in the annual. Oh, really? No, that was Dr. Octopus in the Sinister Six. Oh, he wasn't one of them? No, Green Goblin is not one of the Sinister Six. He hadn't even debuted yet, or he had just debuted. So his first one was the movie, when he made the movie. (laughs) That's right. Then he chased uh, Spider-Man. Out of a nightclub. Out of a nightclub. There's this one, and maybe one more. Am I forgetting one? No, I need to check. I feel like he showed up once before. Um, He showed up, um, whatever the story was. The Goblin and the Gangsters. Yeah. That's when the Goblin took over all the gangs. Right. Um, okay, so... So this is his fourth Goblin. This That's is gob- very fast. I mean, I think they're trying to make him into a, the primary villain. Yeah. That's four appearances in less than a year or, or just around a year. And yeah, Doc Ock's only shown up three times. And that's counting the annual. So now, um, you, uh, what do you think of the cover? I like it. Uh, I like uh, the cityscape. Um, you know, they're making the crime master seem like a big deal. I think his the crime master looks cool. That's a cool mask. We got some good Ditko clothes on him. His suit's got all those nice Ditko folds. In Steve the, Ditko's great at drawing folds. And the smoke is very uh, question. Yeah, Steve um, Ditko loves smoke and fluids and stuff like that. Uh, so I like it. Spider's yeah. teetering in the edge. Um, I think it does. You know what? Represent- I like it better than the splash page. Yeah, I think I do too. I like the splash page a lot, but I like the splash page as a splash page. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we like the splash page as a cover more than yeah. the cover. I went through them and I think about half the time it was it was pretty close mm. when we preferred. And there was a, anyway, I, I someone asked me on Instagram and I think I went through <laughs> up, up to what we had done so far, maybe on Twitter. So just basically listed the numbers of the issues. So listeners, if you want Kevin to do any trivia research, go to our Screw It Spidey Instagram Post a question. If you want to know, like, how many times the letter E is used in the Steve Ditko issues, maybe Kevin will figure that out. Count how many speech balloons there are in total. Yeah, don't please don't ask that. I don't want to answer that. You, if you say it, he'll be compelled to do it. I mean, if it, if you ask it in a good way, I guess. So uh, we like this cover. Um, now, before we get into the issues, should we do our yeah other segments? Um, is there Spider-Man news or podcast news? Um. I'm starting to put promos at the end of the episode for other podcasts on the Campfire Network. If you like commercials, so if you like we commercial, got podcast news for yeah, you. We got network commercials for our network at the end of the episode. You can hear some of the other great podcasts on Campfire Media. Uh, that is our network that we like a lot, that we belong to. Um, so I guess that's podcast news. Any Spider-Man news? Well, we, we just had the Instant Classics <coughs> episode last week where we went over very recent issues of Spider-Man. So yeah, new, a new writer for Amazing. Yeah, that he's starting soon in a few weeks. Uh, Nick Spencer will be taking over Amazing Spider-Man and Chip Zartsky continues, uh, on, continues Sp- on Spectacular Spider-Man. Okay, so that's cool. Um, so, you know, that's, interesting that's times. Spider-Man news? Yeah, I think maybe old news at this point. But I, Yeah, probably I by the time this episode comes out, yeah. old news. Um, and then what else do we do? What are, it's been a while since we've had to do our segments because we had guests. Um, I think we do what else is going on in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, nothing. Nothing? Okay, that segment is done. Uh, that segment, I feel like I tried skimming ahead and I don't think there's much coming up. Well, for the first, because, you know, Spider-Man is the basically the second big hero of the Marvel Universe after the Fantastic Four. And so when he started, when we started this podcast, Marvel Comics didn't have a lot of its 
big signature heroes in place. So for our first like fifteen or sixteen yeah, it would be issues, like, it'd, it'd be like, like big stuff would this be This character has debuted. Yeah, like this Iron Man is starting or Captain something. Captain America's like shown up. Uh, yeah, uh, this character's gotten his own title. But now Marvel Comics is kind of settled. Do you have any sense? Is like Marvel like really huge now? I mean, I have no idea. But from talking, from reading interviews of people who started reading comics at this time, they still describe Spider Man as. Uh, or Marvel as sort of the up and comer, the scrappy. They're still like an indie company. Yeah, like but I think they I mean they were on the newsstands. They were very popular, but I, they just were nothing compared, compared to, DC. to DC. DC. I mean, Superman had been around for like twenty years or whatever, and yeah, Superman and Batman. And they've got like and Batman's got a TV popular. show on or whatever. Was, right? Was do you have a TV show in the sixties? I mean, the Batman TV show was in the sixties. Yeah. What year? I don't know. Good research. Good research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of detail I bring to my podcasting. But it was, it was 66. 60s. I think it was 66. So it hadn't quite started yet. Okay, but you know, it's about to happen. And like, there's been like Batman. Nobody cares about Batman at this point. <laughs> okay, and zero year, fans. He's zero fans? the biggest character ever. But right now, he's barely <laughs> scraping by. So yeah, DC is still like sort of the, the big shots. And these guys are the small time, yeah. relatively speaking. I don't know. I mean, Marvel, I think. But was, up and comers. I think Marvel was, I don't know when they became like a for real competitor, but they were number two for ages. Yeah, for a long time. I mean, right? I think even when we started reading in the 80s, they were probably still number two. I know that like... Because Superman had a movie. Yeah. And well, by then Marvel had those weird TV shows. And The Incredible Hulk was like a successful yeah, they had cartoons, TV show. But Super Friends was huge too. I yeah. just feel like, I feel like DC just probably was a bigger for a long, long, long time. I, and then if I had to guess, I'd guess like Secret Wars era Marvel really started mid-80s, early 80s. Because... Um, but then they get crisis. I don't know. I honestly don't know. When, I mean, Marvel's bigger now that they're sure. owned by Disney. <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder. And Marvel Comics have sold bigger for a long stretch. Definitely like in the McFarland era. Yeah, that's you know, probably yeah. like late seventies, early eighties. New X Men, the Wolverine X Men. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. So probably when we were reading were Marvel, huge. it was taking over. I used to like in the old uh, Marvel letter columns. If you look at like. Issues of Marvel Comics that came out in the 70s and 80s and even the 60s, I think. Whatever Stan Lee would refer to DC Comics, it would he would never say DC. He would say, like, our direct competition, like yeah. in capital D and C or something like and that. Didn't DC do a similar thing? Oh, I don't know. Or like Marvelous. Oh, uh, yeah. Rivals so, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally separate note unrelated to our podcast or anything. For a long time, DC Comics headquarters in New York was 666 Fifth Avenue. Ooh, very evil. Yeah, so I'd, like, look up their letters... If you, you know, send us letters or whatever, it'd be like 666 Fifth <laughs> Avenue. I remember being like, woof, no thank you. I recently reread the Avengers Justice League crossover mm-hmm. uh, that was done in, oh, who knows when. The Late aughts, 70s or something? Aughts? No, no, way later. Oh. So, like, they originally were going to do it. So, they did Spider-Man, Superman, and Superman, Spider-Man. They did two crossovers, and they did Batman, Hulk. Okay. And then I think they did Teen Titans, X-Men. Okay. And then they were going to do Justice League Avengers and George Perez was drawing it and it just all fell apart. Okay. Like they got in a big fight or something and it just didn't happen. When did all that happen? That might have been. That was Jim Shooter era, actually. I'm pretty I remember Spider-Man Superman was like around 1980 or something. Yeah. So it had been around then and it didn't didn't happen. Okay. Uh, And then much, much later on, um, Joe Quesada became editor-in-chief of Marvel. Uh And I think he basically said like, hey, why did this never happen? And so someone told him the story is like, can we make it happen now? Yeah. Uh, and DC Marvel got along pretty well at that point. Yeah. And they made it happen. 
and they got George Perez. George Perez was working for another comic book company with an exclusive contract, but he had put a clause in saying, if this comic book ever <laughs> happens, you need to let me do it. <laughs> so they had to let him do it. Uh, and Kurt Busiek wrote it. It's really, really fun. It's a great, great comic. Um, you know what? I'm going to put that clause in all my contracts. <laughs> if, if, if I get asked to draw an Avengers draw, Justice yeah, League, they right. have to let me do it. Um, and it's crazy because uh, George Perez is an amazing artist. And when he asked, you know, Kurt was like, which Avengers, which Justice League members do you want in this? He's like, I want all of them. <laughs> and so like they tried, I think Kurt like tried to make sure everyone got at least one panel <laughs> of every character who had ever been on either team. Kurt Busiek's the kind of nerd to be good at that. Like, yeah, he's he, like, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and it's a really fun story. Um, why did I bring that up? Oh, just Marvel and DC getting along. Yeah. And like now that like Marvel is Disney and these DC's movie empires, I think, are just like make it harder for them to want to do things like that. Yeah, because if one of them accidentally helps the other one to become a hit, they could be handing them a movie franchise. Yeah, yeah. Although Marvel seems to try to be trying to make a franchise out of almost every character. Yeah. I watched Cloak and Dagger on uh, Freeform. Yeah, I'm, I haven't watched it yet. I'm excited. Oof, I love it. We're looking forward to the Willie Lumpkin Postal Carrier series. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Willie Lumpkin, the uh, Postal Carrier for the Fantastic Four. Right? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that should be a movie. That can't be a TV show. I can't show. believe it's not already. Okay, so let's get into. So I guess he's probably owned by Fox. Because the, the FF, Fox yeah, still, yeah. So never mind. That's they, why that, that was, explains it. That was probably the first property they went after. We want Lumpkin. <laughs> we'll take the FF along with him. It has to come part of this package deal. Fine, fine. We'll take the FF and Silver Surfer, and but like, we need Lumpkin. And then Marvel threw in the X Men to sweeten the box. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> okay, so let's get into this comic. So. The basic story here is there's going to be a guy that we don't know who's taken over all the mobs, right? Right. There's the crime master. We don't know who he is. Yeah. And the green goblin. We don't know who he is. But we've seen him before. Yes. But we don't know who they are under their masks. Right. And they both want to take over the mobs. They're talking about doing it together, but they also sort of both want to betray each other. And meanwhile, Frederick Foswell. Reporter for the Daily Bugle. big man. Former guy who ran all the mobs. By strong arming them into taking over as yeah. the big man. Yeah. Who now is back working for the bugle. Is, is also sort of involved somehow. Yep. And Spider-Man doesn't have a costume. Yeah. When we start this issue, Peter Parker still does not have a Spider-Man costume because like one of them got, he sacrificed one. To taunt as, J. Jonah Jameson. In the last issue. And then his Aunt May found his spare and threw it away or something. Yeah. She, we don't know what she did with it. It's missing. Uh, I also, even though the splash page isn't as good as the cover, I like this image of Spider-Man sort of nonchalantly leaning on the question mark. Yeah, Spidey is sitting on this question mark because he's like puzzling over who the secret identity of these villains are. I like the idea that these superheroes are really puzzled over secret identities. Like as a comic book reader, you're always like, oh, who's going to find out if Superman is Clark Kent or whatever? Who's yeah. going to find out if, you know, Spider-Man is Peter Parker? But I always wonder if the people in these fictional worlds really care. I mean, I guess some people must, right? They're writing about them, <laughs> but I wouldn't care. I guess the Unabomber, when the, I'm trying to think of real life yeah. villains. Nobody knew who the Unabomber was, and that was like a big, like, who is this guy? Um, but, right? like, if it was a hero, would you want to know? Um, yeah, there's no hero. If someone caught an airplane and landed it and said, hey, you're all safe. I'll protect you all forever. Would you be like, hey, but who are you really? I guess I'd be terrified. Yeah, yeah. That would, like, freak me out. Yeah, but what if he's handsome? He's got a little curl in the middle of his yeah, forehead. Yeah. I'm all right with it. Okay, well, sort so of a Midwest charm to a smile. All right, so at the beginning of this, Peter is trying to hunt around his house for whatever to find out what his Aunt May did with the spare costume, but he can't find it, so he goes to sleep. Yep. That's Good the exciting superhero. opening sequence. 
of yeah. the story. It's just a guy poking around his house. Yeah. If this is a TV show, that'd be before the credits. Yeah. What a cold like, open. <laughs> not like, here, not here. Oh, goodbye. I should get some I should get some sleep. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to a what I think is a very funny meeting. Between the Green Goblin in full costume standing on his glider. He's always on his glider. I don't think we've seen him stand on his feet in ages. <laughs> Not since he was pitching movies. <laughs> um, talking to the, the guy that we know from the cover is the crime master. And they're in an argument. Yes. Uh, because they had made a deal to sort of uh, using the Goblin's tricks and power and the crime master's knowledge of the criminal syndicates. Yeah. They were going to lead the mobs together. But the crime master basically says, I decided I don't need you. I'm the crime master, a name I gave myself. Yes. I can do it alone. It's a pretty weak conversation. Like, it is, it's is—it's a problem that we've seen in Spider-Man when they establish a new villain who wants to take yeah. over. Like, the crafty clown took over oh, the circus of crime. He should have taken over the mobs. These, these guys never have any case. Yeah. They just walk into a room and are like, let me lead. And they have no... Yeah. But everybody always agrees. And this guy basically was like, I named myself Crime Master, so you know I know what I'm talking about. Now we got two guys who are like, I should be in charge. And they're at a stalemate. Yeah, and they also reveal they both know each other's identities. Yeah, so... The Crime Master knows who the Green Goblin really is, and the Green Goblin knows who the Crime Master really is. So they have that over each other. Yeah. Um, okay, so they part ways angry, and we see the Crime Master uh, climbing a... R- He's uh, climbing down the side of a building with a rope, which is actually incredibly athletic. Yeah, one-armed. Yeah, like, yeah, he's a normal human being. That's like some serious delta. Yeah, this guy has no superpowers. This guy's got some lats. Uh, he also has, he's about to, he's going to let the mobs, the gangs know that he's trying to take over with his calling card, which apparently is a ball with a note in it. Yeah, his calling card is a note that he shatters through a window. So he throws a note in like someone who's got a crush on them. Yeah, yeah. And they read the note that's basically saying, let me take over. And they're they're puzzled. And he leaves thinking that went off without a hitch. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what my plan was. They're like, the crime master, who's this? <laughs> he's like, that went perfect. And he's walking away. Yeah. So, so far, we got a guy looking through a house for a costume, doesn't find it, goes to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Two dudes arguing, coming to no conclusion. That's right. And then a dude throws something through a window and is psyched yeah, about it's it. It's one step better than a rock with a note tied to it because it's like a, a ball that opens up to reveal a note. Then there's sort of a montage of a bunch of other crime bosses getting messages that the crime master uh, wants to take over. One guy gets a phone call. He wakes up and he sees his car explode. Yeah. That's the crime master letting him know not to mess with him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like a little montage of just talking mob heads. Which looks, you know, looks like the array of Dick Tracy villains that did go <laughs> off and draw. Yeah, the second guy is already sort of won over. He's the crime master. Who knows? Maybe he's just what we need. Um. So then, then we do, then we do a little interesting thing. There's two panels where we are outside yep. somebody's window. Yes. And this somebody is saying, "There's nothing more for me to do tonight. I'll close the window and pull the blinds down." Then we cut. Inside, I guess. Yes. And it's Frederick Foswell, the reporter from the Bugle, switching into his working clothes so he can go to the Bugle, which super implies that he is the crime master. And he's already been the big man who's basically the same thing as the crime master. There's no difference. Right. So we are being led to believe in such an obvious way that I think if you have ever read any story at all. No, he must be the crime master. You know that this is it, and they're telling us, and there's no twist. Because if it's so obvious, it's true. It's true. Uh, I think Sherlock Holmes said, 
If you see a clue that tells you something, believe, believe it. it. Believe it right away and stop looking. Yeah. Except your first impression, yeah, yeah. it's always right. It's elementary, my dear Watson. It, the answer is whatever you first thought it was. <laughs> yeah, those, a lot of Shakespeare stories are like, uh, Sherlock Holmes stories are like one page? Yeah, they're like one or two pages. Yeah, yeah. Somebody comes in to solve a case and, and Holmes says, what do you think? And they say, I think it was this guy. He's like, case closed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Inspector, who do you think did it? Moriarty again? Yep. <laughs> Let's, yep. Also, every Sherlock Holmes short story ended with the phrase, case closed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, they're great. They're classics. They're classics. You, you gotta, gotta read them. You, you gotta, gotta read, read them. them. You gotta read the Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes. Case closed. Um, okay, so then we cut to Peter in the morning. He's at a full rest after sneaking around looking for his costume. He's trying to worm it out of his Aunt May. She's not budging. Yeah. There's a great shot of Peter with a mouthful of food. He looks <laughs> like a chipmunk here. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but Aunt May won't, won't tell him where the costume is. So now, She's just lockbox. So here's a little aside, Kevin. So at this point in the, in the Spider-Man uh, history, right? Stan yeah. Lee and Steve Ditko, they're the collaborators. But Steve Ditko is by now f- taking way more control. Yes. He's not even talking to Stan Lee, I think. And and even in the credits, it says plotted and drawn by That's Steve right. Ditko, scripted by Stan Lee. Yes. Whereas it used to say drawn by Steve Ditko, written by Stan That's Lee. That's right. And last issue was the first one where it said this is from a plot by Steve Ditko, a sort of a separate uh, a credit. Yeah, so... And now it's he's getting full on in the credit box. You plotted this, and he gets plotted for the rest of them. So I think I think this is really interesting because I'm very interested in the collaboration sure, of Stanley yeah. and Steve Ditko, especially that they didn't like each other and that yeah. they were producing such really good work. Um, and even even though Ditko's doing more and more of it, I still think these stories are much better than things he would do as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. So whatever Stanley's contribution was. Something is something is making these things stand out above other Ditko work. Yeah, and. I mean, I don't know how many notes or how many lines of dialogue Ditko was put again to begin with, because like if I got this page and just saw like Peter eating food, I wouldn't know. What's, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah, that he's trying to get a costume out of him. I don't know if that's what Ditko meant. He must have, though. It, nothing else would make sense there. Yeah. And the, so the other thing is like Ditko's doing more of the plotting maybe than ever before. But I. I uh, there are certain things he's really good at and certain things I think he's bad at. And one of the things he's bad at based on this issue and last issue is sort of little mini sequences that do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, you know, he he looks all around the room and can't find his costume. I guess we just learned that he needs a costume, which pays yeah. off later. But then but it's, it's also, a lot of real estate to establish. And that. it also just it gets happens here again. There's three more panels of like, oh, I want to find my costume. It feels uneven, right? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of these. Artists who aren't used to being the full writer, they need they're rusty at it, and and they're they're a little uneven in their pacing. I, th- I think that Stan Lee is a great editor. Yeah, I mean Stan Lee's stories, the ones that he was more involved, were packed. Yeah, maybe too packed. There's probably somewhere in between that's really a happy medium. Yeah, I just think it's interesting to see now. Now we're in a Ditko land, and and it's like the art is still great, and there's a lot of really cool connections and things dovetail really well at the end of the story, but. The pacing is strange. It's almost like if you, if to put it like in pop song terms, it's like the first verse has ten lines, and the next verse has three lines, and they should be even, sort yeah. of stuff like and that. Verses are like part of a song. Yes, thank you. Great. That's right. Yep. Great. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> Peter's getting nowhere with his aunt May finding the costume, so he goes to work, which every freelancer does. You you report into the office. You go into the work and you say, "Hey, give me something to do." And um, but he also Joe Jonah, uh, J. Jonah Jameson has the other costume. Oh, that's right. He's, so he's trying to find the second costume. So Betty Brandt, secretary of J. Jonah, sometimes girlfriend of Peter, 
I guess current, but like they're on the yeah. rocks or something. Um, well, they're on the rocks because she didn't like how Peter threw Spider-Man under the bus last issue. Right. Last issue, Peter, very uncharacteristically, by the way, was trying to talk J. Jonah Jameson into catching Spider-Man almost just for fun. Yeah. And Betty is mad at him about it. It's also weird for Betty to be protective of Spider-Man. It's like Ditko didn't read his own earlier yeah, issues. Yeah. Well, he doesn't care about that stuff. From reading Blue Beetle, there's like characters that just like one issue sort of don't know each other and the next issue are a happy couple. It's yeah. like, well, a lot happened between issues, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so Betty is mad at Peter because he betrayed Spider-Man. She's also mad at him because he's spending a lot of time with Liz Allen. The Which cute is a blonde. Fair, fair complaint. She's also mad because when she stopped by his house last issue, there was Mary Jane Watson, who we, the reader, were not allowed to see her face. But Betty described as like a movie star beautiful. Yeah. And that's not a fair criticism because Peter doesn't know Mary Jane. Never, never even met, met her. her. Yeah. Never met her. But she's had it. So they're getting into a little fight. But you can beautiful. tell they're going to be married someday. I mean, they are going to be married someday. Yeah. That's his wife. Yep. So uh, Jay Jonah comes out yelling at these two to keep it down. He kicks Peter out because Peter doesn't have any photos. Yep. And Peter sees Frederick Foswell, who he's been suspicious of now for a little, a few issues. Just because Foswell used to be the big man. Because he used to be running the mob, yeah. Yeah, he got out of prison after a few months. <laughs> yeah, he ran the mobs of New York City, went to prison for like three months, yeah, and now he's out working for a newspaper. Back to his original job. No, no consequences. consequences. So he puts one of his spider tracers in Foswell's hat so that he can follow Foswell around. Then he goes to his high school, and Flash Thompson and Flash Thompson's little toadies are really giving it to Peter like usual. Yeah. Um, these guys are jerks. They're just straight up jerks and they're mouthing off to Peter and Peter's had it. He's already had a frustrating day. And so he flying tackles all of them. Yeah, he tackles four people. At once and knocks them all down. Yeah, yeah. This is nothing for Spider-Man. Sure. I mean, he could finish these guys with like almost one swing. These kids are not terrified by this. They think it's like, oh, we're having a fight. They don't realize they're getting into a fight with a, uh, irradiated phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, only Liz Allen seems to notice he's doing well because she makes a comment about like he looked like he was doing fine. I was like, but he she, wasn't doing fine. He was destroying them. Yeah, he was about to pulverize them. Uh, she breaks it up. Like she grabs onto Peter's arm and that makes him stop. Yeah. And um, they're like, you're lucky, Peter. And Liz is like, uh, looked like he was doing fine. It's almost like, yeah, he knocked over all four of you at once. Yeah. If there was like four people standing, even in my peak physical condition, if I ran at them and tried to knock them all, I don't think I can knock any of them over. <laughs> I'd bounce off the smallest one. Maybe if they weren't looking at you and they were on ball bearings. I guess if they were behind me and I just like kicked all their knees with like a big pole, I could yeah. like knock all four of them over. Uh, but Lizelle doesn't like Peter being violent because that's what Flash is like. She liked Peter for being better. The, the brainies. Yeah. The higher, holier, uh, holier than that. No, yeah. The, uh, so, nice dude. Yeah. So, you know, as a woman in a Stanley written comic, she runs off crying. Yep. Uh, that's the standard move. Um... Peter now has to go to the principal's office. He's in trouble because he was seen starting this fight. Yeah, again, like this kid whose uncle died earlier this year. Yep. Gets Top into student. A, gets into a fight with bullies. Who taunt him constantly. And, and you must notice that. And he stands up for himself. And the moment he does, he gets called to the principal's office. Yep. The world's against Peter Parker. Yeah. And but, Peter takes the whole blame on himself, doesn't he? Yeah, this is an interesting part. Um, Flash eavesdrops yes. on Peter getting scolded by the principal and hears Peter take all the blame. Doesn't try to blame anybody else. Yeah, it doesn't mention that Flash and his, his cronies were taunting them. Yeah, Because Liz Allen's right. Peter is better than just simple violence. Yeah, but then Flash... This is the weird turn. Flash goes to the principal and says, hey, it wasn't all Peter's fault. 
Yeah, and he fesses up of his own volition. Yeah. It's one of the first big – it's like of moral yeah. uh, fairness that we see from Flash. Like first good guy sign. Yeah. He's a uh, uh, – he sees that Peter isn't a jerk and he feels bad. Yeah, the, uh, there's only like maybe two other times I can think of. One, he stands up for Spider-Man very loyally. Yes. Uh, and then isn't, wasn't there a time when he asked Peter or he was going to apologize and Peter like – Barks. Oh no no! Peter was going to be nice to Flash, and Flash barks at him. Woo! What a shiner, right? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Because Peter had gotten to a fight with I forget which villain it was. No, Flash like Sandman. No, yeah, uh, Spider Man had gotten in a fight with Sandman and was beaten up or something. Uh, okay, okay. And Flash kind of was like, "Hey man, are you?" I think it, that's what it was. And and Peter's like, "Oh, you want to make fun of me?" Yeah. Yeah, this was like a, an almost oh, no, nice like maybe moment. I forget maybe it was Flash who got the shiner. I think Flash turned around and had a big black eye, and Peter's like, "Woof!" And why did he have the that. black eye? Uh, was it when one of the two times he dressed up as Spider Man and tried to yeah. fix his hero's rep and got the crap beat out of him? He should do that more often. Okay, anyway, we see Flash being anyway, a human being here. It's very, this is the most human. This is the point. nicest thing Flash has done. Yeah, um, doesn't pay off anywhere else in this issue. Yeah. That's another thing Ditko does is he sort of likes to plant seeds and not come back to them. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like Stan Lee took some or allowed credit to be given to him for so long that there's been, there's a comic nerds have a backlash against him sometimes that's overdoes it because he's, he's good at conducting a comic book story. Okay. All right. So we come back to the crime master. He takes over another gang, and his method of doing it is to kick open the door, shoot, and then punch somebody in the face. Yes, the crime master. Uh, I mean, it's working. I don't, know. I don't know. It seems ridiculous. He opens the door, shoots somebody. He just murders them. Yeah. Um, it, the murder is implied. A lot of times in these old comics, they're a little cagey about deaths. Um, uh, and, the, and the rest of the gang is intimidated. They're like, he, oh, he winged the boss, didn't kill him. We haven't a chance. He's a crack shot. Yeah. And then he like knocks one of the guys out with a punch. Yeah. Uh, he calls himself a kingpin here. Will you accept me as the kingpin of the city's gangs? And they're like, we're waiting for the actual guy named kingpin. He's going to be a big fat guy in a white suit. We're yeah, going to be yeah. really excited. About you can be the crime master of the gangs. Is that cool? How would you do you like that? That means your name is crime master. Okay. So then we see Jameson in his like rich guy club. <laughs> yeah. Exclusive men's club. Love the rich guy club. It's yeah, the second yeah. time we've seen it. And uh, they're all asking him who the Green Goblin is, and Jonah's lying that he knows who, but he doesn't know who. Yeah, and they're also like, shouldn't you be working at your paper? And Jonah's like, I got good people working for me. If you've read the issues, Jonah says, I've got almost five employees. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got Frederick Foswell. I got leads in Europe. Yeah, I got a high school kid taking pictures, a secretary. Who's also in high school, or also high school age. And uh, Robbie Robertson has not shown up no, yet. No, we right? have not seen Robbie Robertson. So that's, that's it. The, that's the staff. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of nameless guys who are scared of him when he smiles. But yeah. as far as we know, they're just guys who like move water coolers around. <laughs> Meanwhile, Peter has to solve his costume problem, and so he goes to a costume shop and rents one. Yeah, and buys is, one. It's pretty funny. Doesn't he? Yeah, he buys one. He goes to, like, there's, they have a Spider-Man costume. It's a little funny joke here. They're on sale. Yeah, because, like, ah, not much call for it lately. Nobody wants it anymore. Offers him the Frankenstein one. That's more popular. Imagine if he just switched to become Frankenstein Man at this moment. He's like, you know what? You just sold me. Yeah. I'll, I'll wear that Frankenstein, Frankenstein outfit. Through the rest of the issue, he's, like, swinging around. It's scarier. Yeah. I mean, if somebody was swinging with acrobatic feats dressed up as Frankenstein, scare the crap out of me. Yeah, I mean, it also fit with the Green Goblin. They would both like their sort of 
randomness of their Halloween costumes. I'll always dress up as the person I'm going up against. Yeah. But instead he buys a Spider-Man costume, which is on sale. Makes sense. He's a bargain hunter. He puts it on. It doesn't quite fit. It's cheaply made. So for the for the next bunch of this issue, we see it constantly like riding up on him and like yeah. sleeves falling down. And he has to keep like using his webbing to like web it into place. It's kind of fun. It's great. I love this idea. Yeah. I remember reading this for the first time in The Essentials. Yeah. For sure. The first time I read this story. And I was like, oh, this is a fun because you're they're always looking for new ways to sort of humiliate Spider-Man. This is a good one. And like his costume riding up is a very funny way. It undermines him the whole time. Yeah, yeah we've seen him like with his arm in a sling. Yeah. Um or like he's got a cold sometimes. Or sprained ankle. Yeah. This is this is a this is a good idea, Dick. Yeah, this is just embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, he's not that intimidating if like you see his belly button while you're fighting him. So he's he's um hoofing around to uh, he's following a spider tracer that he put in Foswell's hat, and it leads him to Foswell's apartment, right? Yes. And, no surprise. And Foswell's clothes are there, but Foswell's not there. He's taken. He's changed his outfit and gone out. And that makes Spidey suspicious. So he breaks and enters into this man's apartment to see what's going on. And at this moment... Uh, the crime master is approaching the apartment. Yeah. There's a light on side. Someone is in there. They're being real cagey. And I know I know the resolution of this mystery. It's not resolved in this issue, so I probably won't talk about it. But, like, this scene makes no sense based on the resolution I know. The yeah, why would ma- he be coming Why here? is the crime master here? Unless Frederick Foswell is the crime master. Yeah, if you're trying to I make— I guess I've spoiled it. Frederick Foswell is not the crime master. What? Uh, but the crime master is here looking in the window. It doesn't, I, I mean, yeah, he's only here as a plot convenience yeah. to confuse the reader. Spidey's inside. It's kind of a cool shot of Spidey looking at the looking at the hat. Yeah, like rubbing the back of his, his head. head. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And then um, the crime master's outside with a gun, shoots into the window, and only Spidey's Spidey sense saves him. Yeah, he dodges. Which is full on a danger sense at this point. It's great. Um, okay, then he jumps out the window and he goes on a little chase of the crime master, and the crime master is keeping him at bay with bullets. Yeah, there's a line where the uh, crime master said, "No matter how fast you move, my bullets can go faster." Which is true of everyone he fights. Yes. The Grand Master doesn't have special faster bullets. Right. All humans are slower than bullets. Yeah. But this guy, but when this guy says it, Spider-Man's like, he's right. Yeah. Uh, th- there aren't a lot of Spidey villains that are just straight up using guns, though. No. Usually they're hurling pumpkin bombs but, or they're like flapping big green wings in his face. But usually there's like a, a slew of guys with those guys shooting bullets at him and he takes them down. No problem. Yeah. He doesn't even sweat it. But this guy's a crack shot. Remember, he winged someone's boss. Yeah, it's one of these, like, Spider-Man moments where it's like, we just got to pretend like this is a problem. Yeah, like, one of the things that stops him is he tries to shoot webs, but, like, hits a ledge, and he's like, darn it. Which he never does. Yeah. So he kind of spends some time, Cat, you know, they're, they're kind of dancing back and forth of trying to catch each other. And Spidey's just about to leap on the Crime Master when the Crime Master releases a gas pellet or something. Yeah. And somehow it sticks to his mask. Yeah, the gas stays visible around his head for several panels, which looks cool because Ditko's good at drawing that smoke. It looks very cool, but it makes no sense. It doesn't, it's, it, it, it's like a magic gas or some sort of special technology that, that is clings. not, that is not, it just seems like, he just calls it a, and they just call it a gas. They don't call it anything. I think it's not supposed to be visible. We are just seeing that it's around him or something like that. But either way, like, why is it staying around his head? I, and I don't know. And anyway, the crime master punches him and knocks him off the building. <laughs> Uh, I think Ditko is good at, like, what makes a good visual thing, like gas floating mm-hmm. on this guy's head, uh, costume riding up on him. Those things look cool. This human beat Spider-Man by shooting at him a couple times, gassing his mask, and punching him once. Yeah, which much stronger people have been un- unable to 
yeah, have the same success. Even the Crime Master says this guy feels strong. But it didn't slow him down. All right, so he knocks Spidey off the building. Crime Master won this round. Yeah, Spider-Man almost dies. Because also at this time, his costume is riding up. He, he gets his mask off, which lets him breathe. But otherwise, Spider-Man's dead. He's plummeting to his death. He sort of comes comes to full consciousness on the way down. Crime Master walks away while he's plummeting. Doesn't see. Doesn't watch. Doesn't watch. Classic villain. Misses him unmasking himself yeah. and not dying. Yep. Uh, Spidey slash Peter shoots some webs, swings away, saves himself, um, relieves himself from the gas, has to reweb his costume shut, and then uh, can't find the Crime Master, so he goes back to the bugle. Yeah, because he's looking for... Foswell. Foswell, as well as his costume. Yes. Goes back to the bugle, um, sees Betty reading a letter from her other love interest, Ned Leeds, which frustrates him. Yeah, Ned Leeds in Europe. Um, so Spidey breaks into J. Jonah's office and kind of like snoops around his desk. There's another great panel of Spidey just kind of leaning yeah, on Jonah's desk. Yeah, it's really fun. Whenever Spidey's doing something casual, it looks kind of cool. Yeah, he's Did- just sort of leaning, reading a letter. It's real fun. He's He has a very confident air about him as Spider-Man that's just so fun. I like Ditko's art when he does things like that. I mean, I always like Ditko's art, but I love Ditko's tendency to show right. Spidey kind of just lounging around. You hate the action. You like more of the standing still stuff. I mean, if you said, here's the Ditko issue, which Spidey just kind of lounges around a living room catching up on the news, I'd be like, I'll see it. <laughs> um, While he's in there, J. Jonah and Betty walk in, which makes sense. It's his office. Yeah. And Spider-Man surprises him. That's yeah. very, this very funny interaction here. Yeah. I mean, it would be surprising. J. Jonah's surprised. Uh, and then he just kind of immediately becomes acclimated and tells him to buzz off. Yeah. And he mentions that the costume, he let Smythe take it. Yes. My villain the, from last issue. Who invented the Spider Slayer, which was not named the Spider Slayer. Yeah. He invented it. He invented the robot last issue yeah. that jo- Jameson was piloting. And so he kept the Spider-Man costume. Yep. And, um, and the Spider-Man's mask uh, starts unfurling. So he leaves. Yeah. And it looks funny. He webs it closed outside. He, he's going looking for... Uh, he was good. He's gonna. He said he was gonna head to Smythe's place to get his costume, but then he decides for no reason to just go to Foswell's. Yeah, it's still early, so I might as well return to Foswell's place. No reason. I don't understand the logic there. But he goes to Foswell's place and he finds a map of the waterfront. Yeah, and, and so, in Marvel comics terms, the waterfront is where the crime people meet. Sure. So he goes. That's where he heads, and we see the crime master sort of gathering up all the gangs to sort of. Basically take charge of them, I guess. I guess his plan is working. Yeah, they're all agreeing to work for him. So they're all going to one place. Now, meanwhile, one of the guys named um, Patch, yeah, a stool pigeon, is we, in... We have f- not seen this man before. But we will see him again. That's right. Uh, he kind of becomes like a background character or whatever, a, fe- or a f- little featured character where he's always telling on... He's And he's an informant. He'll yeah. like call the police and tell them what's going on with the mobs. Mm-hmm. So he does that now. He tells the cops, hey, a bunch of guys are meeting. And the cop's like, okay, that's not illegal, but let's keep an eye on this. It's not illegal for a bunch of criminals to meet. Yeah. Which is true. They're very constitutional. The right to assembly. Um, The Green Goblin confronts the crime master again, but they have a pretty weird fight. Yeah. um, Goblin is shooting sparks out of his fingers. He's thrown a smoke bomb. But the moment the crime master pulls out a gun, the goblin like runs away and covers himself in smoke. Yeah, he's very scared of that gun. And um, I guess he's a crack shot. That's He's a sharpshooter, I guess. Yeah, I guess. He, I mean, I don't know. Um, 
So the goblin is kind of running away, but then the goblin, by coincidence, sees Spider-Man because right. Spider-Man has come here because of the map in Foswell's apartment. Right. Everybody's coming here. The goblin sees him, so the goblin has a trick up his sleeve, a new maneuver. Uh, not not that this is unique to Steve Ditko, but in the Ditko plotted issues, usually all the threads, everybody is in the same spot at the end. Yeah, it's like, like I'm almost surprised that Betty Brant and Flash Thompson don't show up. This is like the original Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, Curb really copied the early Ditko uh, Spider-Man <laughs> That's right. issues. That's why uh, Larry David, a lot of the episodes are just him uh, caught up in webs. <laughs> right. You don't remember it, but yeah. there's a lot of Curb episodes where he's caught in webs. Yeah, yeah. His Aunt May was a big part of the first couple seasons. Phased her out. They phased her out. It, it was Replaced confusing. with Jeff Garland. Yeah, yeah. Who's great? Hey, Jeff Garland's great. No yeah, yeah. disrespect to yeah, Jeff yeah. Garland. I just like the, I, I prefer the Aunt May episodes of Curb. Sure, sure. Season. I mean, it feels like a lot of Garland's first few episodes, he's just saying Aunt May's lines. Yeah, you can hear that they just switched the character last yeah, second. Yeah. Larry, you're going to catch a cold, said <laughs> Aunt May. Like, Don't forget your umbrella. Yep. Stuff like that. Uh, but the Goblin has a trick up his sleeve to capture Spider-Man, which is to drop his glider on Spider-Man's head. Yeah, to jump on his head with yeah. his glider. Uh, <laughs> knocks him out. Knocks him out. It works. Um... I mean, he also throws, like, a stun pumpkin. Yeah, hits him with a glider at full force, throws a stun pumpkin, and it knocks him out. But then he can't get the mask off because Spidey's been webbing it shut this whole time. Yeah, that's, like, a smart... That's kind uh, of a fun yeah, little plot twist. Um, because if he had just unfurled recently, so it's freshly webbed shut. Saves Spider-Man's identity. And Goblin can't hang around because, like, he's in the middle of, like... Uh, there's a crime meeting to break up. I mean, at this point in the story, you're thinking to yourself... How is Spider-Man going to get out of this with only one page left? And the answer is he doesn't. Yeah, the end. Spider-Man's captured. And, and that's the end of the series. Yeah, this is the end. They relaunched it next month with a whole new whole Spider-Man. new continuity. Yeah, yeah this, is, this, this is sort of like a choose-your-own-adventure where this one ends badly. Yeah, yeah. Stanley goes, oops. <laughs> Whoopsie doops. Uh, killed, good good plots, did go. <laughs> killed Spider-Man. Uh, now, it ends with uh, the crime master declaring himself the crime master of and he looks like he's standing on the stage of the globe theater oh it looked like to me like a um uh what do you call it where do you hang people oh gallows it looks like he's on a gallows to me you're right because there's also the, there's also like a, a trap, trap door, door yeah, yeah yeah but but then the goblin shows up holding an unconscious spider-man and says i should be in charge i ha- i captured spider-man that's a way better argument than sure. i will give you orders and also he almost made him a, a block blockbuster film yeah, he's like, I put together a hugely budget yep. Hollywood movie on my first try. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got an unconscious Spider-Man in my hands. Yeah. And just look at my mask. What's going on here? Yeah, and this mask at- is fully animated. His mask doesn't move. Yeah. So that's the end of this uh, that's issue. It. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Uh, should we give out our awards? Yeah. Um, All right. First award, supporting actor. <laughs> In, uh, in a comedy series, <laughs> no, uh, sound design. Uh, what's your What's your panel? Okay, my favorite panel is page five. Peter and oh. Betty arguing. Wow, I I did not predict this. Um, I, it's just really cool. It stood out to me. I like their body language. It it's just uh, it's fun. Betty's dressing great. That was a great dress. Yeah, Ditko's faces look a little odd in a way that I actually really like, but his clothes are cool. Um, I went for one of the costume uh, unraveling shots. Yes. Uh, this is page 14, panel four, where he's now unmasked because he had to get the gas off. He's slammed into the side of a building. Yeah, that's and very cool. Every part of his costume is sort of riding up it on It looks him. so cool. Great. That's a great choice. He just choice. looks totally defeated. It's a great choice. Um, uh, what's your dialogue? 
I wonder if you'll pick the same one. It's when Spidey's renting or buying his costume. Oh, I almost picked this one. It's yeah. such a weird line. And uh, the it's an exchange. The costume operator is trying to recommend Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, he says this to Peter. Hey, if you want something really popular, why don't you take that Frankenstein suit? They're selling like hotcakes. And Peter's answer is, hotcakes I can get in a restaurant. Yeah, I don't quite understand that. Don't quite understand the joke. Yeah, that that's... that. It almost feels like this spider Stanley was writing this so fast. He's like, oh, that doesn't make sense, but I got to get to Thor. Yeah. I got to keep writing. Yeah, I don't have time to go back and think of a better line. Yeah. Thor's going to take all those big words because it's the Asgardians yeah. going nuts. Um, okay. That's my uh, dialogue. Mine is when Spider-Man was leaning on the desk in Jonah's office and he, uh, he reads, um, Nothing here but a million clippings about the Green Goblin, the Crime Master, and that little old Spider-Man, me. But then he thinks to himself... Oh, well, it's nice to know I still rate him among the big three. Let's <laughs> think about that tone. Oh, well. It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't say that out loud. He's not saying that to anyone. He just thinks to himself. I oh. love I love Stan's dialogue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, highlight. Hmm. I'm going to say my highlight is the goblin cannot get the mask off because he had to web oh. it closed. That was like a really pleasant little. Yeah. I was like, you know what? In a. In a Comic full of people doing things for no reasons. That's kind of cool. And I've read this a few times, and when I got to that panel, I was like, oh, right. I forgot about that. So I, for, I forget about that little moment. It's a nice moment. Yeah. For me, it's the costume, just riding up on him constantly. It's, it's so funny. It's so yeah. fun. It's so, yeah. And it's visually cool, and it's a fun problem. Um, yeah, okay, what's it. what's our low light? My low light is the crime master just He's lame. so easily beating Spider-Man in that fight. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, uh, that is a low light. To me, the crime master is overall is lame. It's <laughs> sure, like sure. another dude that's just taking charge yeah. with no case made. He's mostly here just to make us think Frederick Foswell is the crime master. Yeah, and I still think it might be. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's kind of a lame hero. I mean, we've had a pretty good uh, hero, uh, villain. I root. No, I don't root for the bad wow. guys. What? Wow. Um, uh, but, but you know what? This issue, I got to say the clip, but the cliffhanger worked because I, I don't remember who the crime master is. Yeah. And I want to keep reading. Uh, I won't tell you who he is. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> yeah. Well, even if it's a bad ending, like I do want to find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's working on me. It's worse. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a lame reveal. Uh, yeah, D- Ditko, I'm going to blame Ditko. Ditko wants all the credit for the plots and he does really cool things mm-hmm. like the costume writing up and stuff. And yeah. But he he's bad at like setup and reveal. He's bad at setup and resolution. Yeah, but this comic loves its secret identities. Um, I do think that. I wonder if in the Ramita issues, because once Ditko leaves and John Ramita, senior, yeah, takes over. Just John Ramita because at this it, point, yeah, he's just yeah. John Ramita because Junior hasn't started making comics yet. Right. John Ramita Junior is a fantastic artist. Yeah, um, so John Ramita. Um, it's amazing. I think the Father stories get more. Or- both have just tremendous runs on Spider-Man. Yeah. They both have seminal issues of the title. Uh, Junior has, I think, a much longer run. But they're both like the name John Romita just means Spider-Man. No way. There's Senior no way around Junior, it. Yeah. yeah, there's just no way around it. It's like um, Bobby and Barry Bonds. Yeah. Yeah. They both drew the Hulk. I believe they both drew the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they were professional baseball players, and they also yeah. drew the Hulk. Yeah. Pretty good artists for baseball players. I mean. Y- Bonds was on steroids, but uh, yeah. steroids don't help you draw. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, 
Okay, yeah, those are our awards. Uh, congratulations, issue twenty. Good job, issue. Good job, I'm glad issue. you got four awards. Uh, I didn't think you were going to pull it off. I'm going to say like a lot of this issue was kind of hokey. Like the villain is lame, but I did enjoy it. It, despite your pacing complaints, I think it sort of it moves. Yeah, uh, like I have no. I it's a quick read. It's a fun read. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just shows how good Ditko and Stanley are. It's sort of like a half rate issue. Feels like a great issue. They're really good at their jobs. Um, and we're building up to like their best storyline. It's coming up not too long. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, six four, more issues. Four issues. Four issues. I mean, that's so soon. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe one of the best comic arcs in all of superhero yeah. comics. Um, Definitely one of the one of the best. One of the best of the 60s. For but it's sure. just like they're they're even though like I still think like the last strong arc was the three issue arc of uh, Goblin of Spider-Man running away. Yeah. Like everything between which we remembered is not that good. It's been great. It's been really good. Yeah, we I underrated it in my memory. Like the beetle was a the little, weak, a little and weak. The scorpion's a little weak, and then everything else is good. Even the spider slayer worked. Oh, the circus one's kind of weak. The too. circus one, yeah. But but um, they've largely been really good. Yeah, they're and just, even those weren't bad. It's just like imagine it. You know, if if it's a master cranking it out, it's going to be good work. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, that's our issue. Um, do we want to do recommendations or reader mail? We can do both those things. Okay. Where are we at? How much time we got? Uh, we're at 50 minutes. Um, we're like 40, okay. 40 I got minutes. one email that a very exciting email we got just today. Yeah. It's from Alexis Martinez. Our first female email yeah. writer. Thank you. So Alexis. In the last two episodes, Will has made the, the claim, the demand, the, the plea. <laughs> who the will plea? be the first? I say demand. Who will be the first female to write us? Will we ever have anybody? Again, our email address is screwitspidey at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we're happy with all the email. We've gotten great email. Will is, Honestly, if you listen to the last episode, Will said, I'm tired of these <laughs> stupid emails from these stupid men. Let's get a female writer. Yeah. Let's, let's get like let's get that in here. It's just such a, you know, we're, we're two dudes. Comics are yeah. stereotypical. Superhero comics yeah. are a, stereotypically like a dude-dom kind of thing, especially 60s. You know, it, it changes over time. But like at the time we're reading. Yes. The typical comic book reader is a 13-year-old boy, basically. And I'd still say, even though I don't think that's true, I think females probably make up half the readership of comics, or if, if not then, half, then like or now. now. Now, yeah. But uh, the the stereotype would still be balding dude living in his parents' basement. That's yes. still what people would imagine. Yes, comic yes. Books. And we are two of three. I have a basement yes. of my own, Oh, and a, I don't live in it. Wow, way to brag. Yeah. Uh, but this is from Lexi Martinez. She mm-hmm. just finished our newest episode. Oh, thank you, and Lexi. she's referring to the Spider Slider episode based on recording times and release yeah, right, times. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, I listen to you guys a lot at my bakery, and I love the podcast. Hope I'm the first girl to email. You are, Lexi. You did it. Yes, I responded to her just so she knew because <laughs> there'd be an episode coming out for you again making this demand. For <laughs> right, right, right. I wanted to know, when you hear that demand. We recorded it before we yeah, got your email, yeah. That's right. Um, I'm going to read the whole thing. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I think one of my favorite episodes, Stanley dialogue wise, is an ode to teenagers. That's such a great choice. It is such an insane such a great choice. Yeah. That's the Alex Fernie did that one with us, right? Uh, yes. That's also where the Torch and Spidey fight in the second yeah. half. It's and so funny. It's one of his first robot fights. Yeah. We just had a more recent robot <laughs> the fight. The Living Brain. Um, yeah. It's very, very Ooh, fun. But the art for that one is so good. It's, I mean, it's also good. Uh, that comic had me laughing when I first saw it. I hope you guys continue past Ditko. 
I'm really enjoying the podcast. Eagerly await new episodes. You guys are extremely fun to listen to. And I also love the way Will says, bye. (laughs) I think I haven't been doing that, but now I'm going to step it away. Yeah, that's your, now that's sort of your catchphrase. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, That's your wallop and web web shooters. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people at UCB say bye like that. Um, Maybe just in the human race. They're all copying you. Okay. Um, Thanks for making such a fun podcast. P.S. And this Mm. is good advice from uh, from Lexi from Lexi uh, is you guys should put your social media in the links as well as the email. Yeah. So I think she means the the body of the podcast, the description. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely, we should mention Instagram. It's like, hey, follow along. Yeah, I'll here. start doing it. And that's on Will because he writes those descriptions. That's right. I'll do that. And there's a, there's relatively frequent typos and mistakes in them, and they're, they're all mine. Yeah. Uh, I forget to read them, and then I'll go back and read like six of them in a row, and they're funny. Yeah. Oh, thanks. It's sort of like, oh, what was Will's take on this episode? Yeah. Because I do the Instagram comments yeah. and the Twitter is just re, uh, reposting the Instagram stuff. So I'm like, oh, I, this is our view of the uh, episode, but it's really my view or what I remember you talking about a little bit. And then I read the post. I'm like, oh, this is what stood out to Will. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's the same thing, but it, uh, not always exactly the I same I try not thing. to be egregiously ignorant of what you said. Um, I'm going to read a couple of things we got on Twitter, too, just real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, we have a good... Tw- uh, Twitter's also screwed Spidey on Twitter, yeah. and we got some good people commenting there. Um, let's see. What do we got here? Um, this guy, Manucular Bomb. <laughs> uh, Twitter handles are so, <laughs> so funny. It's so funny that I'm calling this person by Especially that Especially sometimes people will be, like, really angry on Twitter. It'll be like, how can you say that about politics? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, who is it? It's like, oh, it's Captain Tits or whatever. <laughs> right, or like, exactly. Or something insane. Funny. Well, anyway, Manucular Bomb. Okay. Uh, he was talking to somebody else about uh, rereading these comics and he mentioned that he was rereading them because he was listening to our podcast or reading them because he was listening to our podcast. Thank you, Manucular. And he said, I struggled at previous attempts reading these issues because it's a lot more words. It's very dated and very goofy, but this pod got me into the mindset and I enjoy all the relics of that era of comic storytelling now, which is basically, I I responded to him just going success because that's what we wanted. We want people to be inspired to read these issues. That's so nice that he said that. Yeah. Thank you, Manucular. <laughs> His response was, I'm a panty waste no more when I said success. <laughs> Ooh, very so, informed yeah. response. Yeah, so he's not just reading these issues. He's getting it. Saying panty waste is really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to read the old Hulk so you say milksop. Uh, lots of people on Instagram, and, and this is Baxter Davis on Twitter, have commented that they almost cried listening to us talk about the kid who collects Spider-Man Ooh. because it's so emotional. Uh, I credit your description of the kid who collected Spider-Man. <laughs> it's like a recap. And I get it. Like when we were talking about the issue, it got me a little bit. Me too. Um, I love that story. I love it so much. Uh, Badger Dave is wants to watch your Enforcers TV show, as oh, do thank I. thank you, Badger Dave. Thank you. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, we just got one from What Up Rob, <laughs> who just found our podcast uh, as of this recording like a day ago. Okay. And uh, he's already up through episode five and it's, oh. he finds it so enjoyable. Oh, and someone else mentioned, who said this? Um, oh, Manicular Bomb also mentioned that he reads, when he reads Peter's thought balloons, he sometimes hears our voices <laughs> reading them. Oh, sorry. Which, very weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love it. Yeah, I do love, I love it. it. I, do um, love it. I think Peter deserves better, but I understand how that yeah, can happen. Yeah. Uh, so those are some great tweets. So if you want to tweet at us, it's screw it Spidey at Twitter. Yeah. Again, screw it Spidey at Instagram is where we post a lot of images that we talk about. Mm-hmm. And screw it Spidey at Gmail is how to email us. Uh, maybe we should skip recommendations this time and we'll just do them next episode. All right. We haven't done them in a while, but I'm fine doing that. Because we, we won't have mail next episode. That's right. 
So uh, we, because I think we're going to do it now or soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we'll do recommendations next episode. We, sure. we haven't done them in a while. Ooh. I wonder what, you, I wonder what you're going to recommend. <laughs> I have two ideas. Okay, good. All right. I've, yeah, I've actually been reading comics again. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, that's our episode. I recommend Pigpen. <laughs> Just the Pigpen part of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charles Schultz comics? That's right. That's right. Uh, that's funny because I'm going to recommend Lucy only. Oh, that's better choice. Don't read Charlie Brown's no, responses. No, Lucy's great. Lucy could actually stand alone. Yeah. If you're going to do a spinoff, Lucy's the spinoff. Oh, yeah. Lucy's the obvious spinoff of yeah. uh, Schultz. Because she brings Linus with her, too. Yeah. I mean, Snoopy, I'm assuming you can't spin out. Well, we can't get into this. All right. So... <laughs> 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 um, thank you uh, for I'm listening. I'm going to go an hour longer. <laughs> Wait a second here. Wait, you can't discount Frida. <laughs> Frida is a spinoff. How about five? You don't think five can I mean, have a spinoff? Honestly, spin? if you're going to do a spinoff, it's probably Pepper and Patty and Marcy. They go to a different school. Yeah. You, okay. We can't get into this. <laughs> I mean, right. Anyway, that was for Connor Ratliff. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, uh, for listening. And we'll see you next episode when we do the second half of the Crime Master Mask Saga. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. Hi, I'm Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Ray Bell, And we are the hosts of Guilty Pleasure, the podcast that celebrates, elaborates, and experiences our odd interests. We talk with comedians, writers, and artists about their chosen guilty pleasure, like LARPing, Burning Man, Keanu Reeves, Alan Iverson, television shows, 60s and 70s rock and roll, and the list basically goes on and on and on. If you'd like to check us out, we have a new episode every single Monday. Delivered to you from Campfire Media. Find us on iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. Campfire. <laughs>